Vertforce, this episode is so unique. We are doing a live resume critique. Yes, I sat in front of an audience with a resume and critiqued it live. So what's amazing about this is questions are rolling in about the resume while we're critiquing it. In this episode, you'll learn the proper length of a resume, how to mold it to the job that you want, and how many of your past positions you should be including. If this episode hooks you and you need more, remember to tune in to Resume Bootcamp. This is a series spanning episodes 47 through 60 of our podcast, and they're meant to be played in chronological order. We will walk you through building a winning resume for the virtual job market. All right, let's critique this resume. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses land virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you Everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now, let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. All right. So what I'd like to point out here is we are looking at a functional resume. If you notice right off the bat, we are not looking at a chronological resume. This person still has her resume organized by, or doesn't still have, just has it organized by functional area, administrative and secretarial experience, customer service and sales experience, childcare experience, computer experience, other experiences, education and awards. This is called a functional resume. To be transparent with you, tr- functional resumes are typically used to conceal gaps in resumes. I'm not saying that the hiring manager is automatically going to perceive that if you use a functional resume. In fact, I really like functional resumes because they tell me that you took the time to read the job description and then organize your resume according to how you feel your experience applies to the position. A few things that I'm noticing right off the bat are that there are a lot of jobs here. This is a three-page resume. Pro tip, pro tip number one, if you can get your resume to one page and shortly and concisely explain to me your work history over over the span of one to two pages max, you're a pro. You're someone I want on my team. You're someone I want to interview, okay? This is three pages, so that is my first concern. My second concern is that there are too many positions on this resume. I'm not sure 
this this says it is a fitness trainer resume. So I'm not sure in particular why everything here would be relevant. But I'm going to tell you what a hiring manager thinks and sees and perceives when they see a ton of res- a ton of positions. A hiring manager says, "Wow. This person doesn't stick around long." And we don't want to give that impression. And a lot of times people are are thinking, well, regardless of what I put on here, they're going to see the duration that I spent at each facility and know that I don't at each employer and know that I don't stick around long because of the constant moving and PCSing. That's a risk you're going to have to take. But if you narrow it down and you can get your positions listed on one to two pages in a very refined and concise way, They know you've had more work experience. They know you've had more than three to five jobs in your entire life. But they also know that you've been intelligent and selective enough to only pose the positions for them that actually apply to the one that they're hiring for. Does that make sense? Like, for example, being a team member at Pizza Hut for four months in 2014 is not relevant to becoming a fitness trainer today. Friend, please don't take this personally. You know I love you. I I know who you are, even though you're redacted here. So please know that I'm saying this out of love and support. So those are the things that you need to keep in mind when you're tailoring your resume. So if this were going to be a fitness instructor resume, I would cut that position for sure. I would... Potentially cut the carpenter's helper position from 2009 to 2011. I would cut the housekeeper position, the landscaping position, and I might cut childcare, but I can see how childcare could be relevant to teaching a class or teaching a person. So that's one of that's a big pro tip that I'm giving you right now. Narrow this down. We don't need to see everything you've done in your entire work history. I believe that's a difference between a CV and a resume. And I could be wrong here. I'll look it up after the the live stream. But a curriculum vitae, and I may be pronouncing that wrong to you, is everything you've ever done your whole life in chronological order. And when you're trying to get into law school or you're trying to get into medical school or you are specifically a doctor and you're applying for those kind of positions, they want to know everything you've ever done because you are extensively being researched. But if you are just applying for a position, you want to look like you were molded and cut out for the role that you're applying for. Moreover, you want to make it as easy on the hiring manager as possible to decide that they want to hire you, really to decide that they want to interview you. So how can you sell me in one page, two pages max, that I need to call you for an interview? It is not by listing everything you've ever done. Okay, I'm gonna hop off that horse. Let me check the comments over here. All right, learn something new. Did not know you could omit some work history. I was told I had to list some things with resumes today. No, yeah, you can omit whatever you want. For example, I omit um, all of my sales rep work, even though I did it for a long time. 
And I was number one in the, I was the number one sales rep in the Gulf States. I don't want to do sales anymore. I don't want a hiring manager to ever look at me and think, oh, she would be great for our sales department because it is not my core value. So I just pull it right out like it never happened. I would also cut out references upon request because it's a given that they will ask for it. That's a good point. You don't if you're trying to keep the resume down to one or two pages, you don't need a full line that says references from available. They know that. If they need it, they can ask for them. Also, if you've applied for a job that requires a security clearance, I believe, Aniko says, a CV. Aniko, yeah, that might be relevant. Well, you know, when you apply for a job that needs a security clearance, you can provide a standard resume. If you are pursuing a security clearance, the government is going to send you a form called an EQIP. And an EQIP is a comprehensive, full-life autobiography that you have to fill out and go through. So if anyone's ever pursuing that route, there's, there's a heads up for you. Need help with your resume? Vertforce has your back. Listen to our Resume Bootcamp series, which covers episodes 47 through 60 of this show. Play them in chronological order to build a winning resume tailored to the virtual job market. Resume Bootcamp also offers a subscription-based online course and private community. Learn how you can opt in to our live trainings and resume critiques at bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen BC. This is Brittany and Leslie from the Mill Spouse Coffee House podcast. You're listening to the Vertforce podcast. This podcast helps you on your career journey, no matter where you are. So after you have taken that journey and you are tired and you need to laugh, come on over to Mill Spouse Coffee House where we're serving up laughs. <laughs> After you've listened to Vertpar's podcast, where they can help you, you can bring your resume to us, and we'll give you unprofessional advice. Find the Mill Spouse Coffee House podcast on your favorite podcast playing platform. You can also visit our website at millspousecoffeehouse.com. And now back to Kimber and the Vertforce team. So let's move on to my next suggestions for this particular resume. I want to point out some things that are done well. The writer of the resume has done a really great job in using verbs to start the sentences. And that's a, a pro tip that I use and I look for. I don't want to see sentence form under your descriptions. I don't want to see a paragraph here. This person has done a really great job of bulleting off her strengths and primary responsibilities at this position and starting each bullet with a verb in past tense. All right, what I want to recommend is that your most recent and most applicable position should have maximum five bullets and every other position you should try to minimize to three bullets. If you can't get it down to three, do not exceed five. And with some creative uh, writing, you will be able to do that, I promise. This, for example, operated point of sales at cash register. A little short to be taking up a full line on a resume where real estate space on this eight, eight and a half by 11 sheet 
is sparse. We don't want to waste a full line on six words. Also, I would bring these bullets all the way out and align them with the edge um, of the sales associate, secretary, desk clerk, correspondent, align them that way because you're also wasting real estate by indenting these bullets. And this is all going back to that strategy to getting it down on one page. I'm not trying to get you to cram. I just want you to think strategically about the eight and a half by 11 square inches that you've got to work with here. So operated point of sales at cash register and conduct the next bullet says conducted markdown on merchant merchandise items. The third bullet says interacted with customers such as tour bus events, FBI agents, students, military personnel, and government personnel. All right, let's rework this section. The most important thing about your sales associate experience to me is that you have been able to manage and deal with multiple clients of different backgrounds. That bullet seems like it should be at the top. It seems like it's secondary to operating a point of sales to me personally. I could be wrong, and it certainly depends on which job you're applying for. I think what should be demonstrated here is your ability to quantify who you worked with and their backgrounds. We're a little bit over time, but I'm going to finish this thought process up, give you one more tip, and then we're going to wrap it up, okay? So for example, I would change interacted with customers such as tour bus events, FBI agent students, military personnel, and government personnel. I would change this to something like proficiently managed customer expectations among de demographics, including, including the FBI, military, and government, okay? It's shorter, and it indicates that you did something more than interacted. So you could even just say, manage the customer expectation in the demographic of FBI, military, and government clients. That's a little rough because I'm, I'm doing this live and I'm doing this kind of on the fly. I haven't got a chance to really look at this resume yet, but we've shortened it and we've said, you did something. You didn't just interact. You managed expectations, honey. You understood the full sales associate life cycle. You didn't just interact with people. You made sure they were happy, right? So I would bump that up to the top. Also, two tips. First of all, you need an ob objective statement in this area before any of your experience begins. And in your objective statement, this should be where the customized portion of your resume comes in. Every time you're transitioning positions, you need to update your objective statement to say, I'm seeking a company, I'm seeking a position with blank company or with this type of company. If it is a customer service company, say, I'm seeking a customer service position. If you know the name of the company, say it's Ira. Say, I'm seeking a position with Ira to perform this activity. You need your objective statement there. And then finally, the last tip I'm going to leave you with tonight is quantify. Quantify, 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 quantify. <laughs> See if you can say that 10 times fast. Numbers attract eyeballs. And they will also help, help detract the hiring manager from focusing on the dates where you worked somewhere. So for example, under correspondent, 
This resume says, wrote and emailed response letters. First of all, that's too short. Those are four words and an ampersign, taking up a whole line on a resume. Too short. And it also doesn't tell me what kind of letters, how many letters, what the purpose of these letters were. This is at the Christian Broadcasting Network. This would be better if you were able to say, uh, developed copy for handwritten and digital response letters. It would be even better if you could say, uh, managed or oversaw 12 consecutive projects, copywriting response letters for 365 people. See, from what you've told me in this resume, I don't know enough about what you did to quantify it, understand its purpose, or understand how you engaged in it. So you really need to say, try and quantify, well, let's see, every month I had to do an email list for 365 people. So I can say, for the full year that I was there, I managed 12 projects where I wrote the copy for 365 correspondents. You can even take that a step further if you want to. And I'm making these numbers up, people. But if that were the case, if you had 365 people that you were writing and you wrote them for 12 months in a row, then you effectively wrote 4,380 letters. And you could very accurately put some juicy concrete data in here and say, you know what? I was the project manager for our copywriting campaign and I was responsible for writing 4,380 response letters, which is much better than I wrote an email response letters. All right, thank you to my very special friend who let me critique her resume live on live coaching tonight. And uh, let me wrap up some of these comments. What kind of format would you recommend for this resume and also for moms? Could moms list that as experience? I don't have a problem with you listing motherhood as experience, but a lot of people do. I'm a little more lenient, but a lot of our Vertforce recruiters that we've worked with in the past seem to have an issue with it. Uh, so I, if you don't have experience, go pick up some volunteer work. You can volunteer with Vertforce. You can volunteer with a plethora of other organizations. Um, get an internship under your belt to start putting things on your resume and understand that this is a process and it takes time. And it's if you don't have the experience and you're getting rejected job after job after job, it's probably pointing back to lack of experience. And then we have, yes, recruiters and hiring managers want to see what is the result of your job or duty. And Becky says that. So talking about that resume again, we, we want to know what you did, but we want to know how what you did impacted the daily function of that company. We want to know why your role was important. All right. So much love and so much gratitude for you joining in on this coaching session. I hope that it has helped you. Good night. All right, Vert Force, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at vertforce.us. 
Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.